All right, good. So, so this is Donnie and Renelle. For those who haven't met them, Donnie's got an incredible teaching gift. And Renelle, aside from all her many other things like patience and long-suffering, um, she's also got a, an incredible prophetic gift. And, and um, yeah, so it's been a privilege for us walking with you guys. You guys did the handover from Andy and Kim to us, and that was an amazing thing. We still live in that. So every time you guys come, you bless us. And so that's why we keep inviting you back. And, and we truly believe, so no, no pressure. No pressure, guys. But... Um, no, we, we truly believe that, that these guys are a gift to the wider church. And so that's why we invite them back is because we, we trust and we know that something of what you've got, we want. And so we thank you for being faithful. We thank you for always being willing to come out and to make the trip. And so they were up early this morning and drove up here this morning. And they're sticking around and having lunch with us. And man, it's so cool to meet more and more people from your church every time they come on. And we've already been blessed by you guys this morning coming. And um, so yeah, I just want to pray for you as we get going. Yes. So, Father God, I thank you for Donnie and Renelle, Lord God. I thank you for the preparation that you've put in their hearts for this morning. And I thank you for just what you have done in them, God, in, in, in over so many years, Lord. I thank you for the massive, uh, massive gift that they are to the body, Lord, for the, for the change that they have brought about in so many churches, Lord. We pray your hand of blessing and comfort upon them, Lord God. We pray your hand of peace upon them. And may they have many, many fruitful years ahead of them, Lord, as they minister to your church. Thank you that you love them unconditionally, Lord. Thank you that you um, empower them and you send them out, Lord God. And we just look forward to a massive, massive future for them, Lord. Thank you that we get to be a part of that. And thank you for this morning that they are willing to come and serve and to lay down their lives for your kingdom, Jesus. And we pray these things in your loving name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Uh, it's just such a privilege for us to, to be here. We love coming here. Thank you so much, Mark. If you don't see us next year, you know we've obviously messed it up. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Uh, so we have been traveling quite a bit and just wanted to say to you guys, what, a, what an incredible blessing you guys have to have Mark and Kirsty leading here. Uh, and I, I say that not just, you know, to say it, I mean it. We do travel a lot and this is, this is real. I've been listening to Mark's preaching on family, your series, and it's just been so outstanding. So well done, Mark. You keep going. It's, it's an incredible blessing to know that the kingdom of God is moving forward in this place as we do our part where we are and together Jesus is building His church. And so that's super exciting. I want to encourage you. Uh, we've been saying to our guys over and over that we don't go to church. You know that, right? You are the church. And actually, this is kind of like the halftime talk that we're having. The game happens from Monday till next week. Uh, that's where we play the game. That's where the church is the church. We don't go to a meeting or we don't just, you know, we're not just the church here on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock. But actually all the time. You are the church wherever you go, in the sugarcane fields, in the office, in the school, in the shops. You, you are the church. And it's a very important thing to remember because the world is not looking at our Sunday morning meetings. They're actually looking at us between the meetings. And that's super important because I feel like right now the world is looking to the church to help to lead them through a time that's been a bit of a crazy time. For some, some uh, we, we might think like it's, you know, COVID and lockdown and all that's gone, but there are repercussions from that. And most certainly the, the, the world is looking to the church for answers, but they don't come here on a Sunday morning. By the way, if you're here for the first time, welcome home. 
this is where you should be. Just needed to add that in. And so <clears throat> I've really been saying to the Lord, well, Lord, help me then as the church to make sure that I'm actually leading, not in my local church only, but that I'm leading the world in a season like this in a way that really reflects you and honors you. Um, it's not a time for the church to focus on herself, I don't think. Um, while the world is in turmoil, it's not a time for us to be focusing on the wrong things. We've got to be focusing on the right things. And so, um, even as I'm speaking, preachers will know at this time more than ever, we agonize over every time that we preach because there is so much information. There's so much being said. We want to say what God is saying. <laughs> we don't want to just say things for the sake of saying things. And so, um, I don't know, these verses have really spoken to me and I'm going to share some of that with you. But I'm also going to just trust that the Holy Spirit would do beyond what I can communicate in your hearts. And so he might be speaking what I'm saying, but he might be saying something totally different. It's his prerogative. So, Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves this morning. We want to hear your words. Don't want to hear my word. We don't want to hear my voice. We need to hear your voice. And in this local church, if, if in this part of this province, in this nation, in this world, her assigned mission and duty is to reverberate from heaven that which is being spoken by the King of Kings, then Lord, certainly this morning, we need to hear your voice. And so I pray, Father, beyond what I can communicate or say, I trust that you will be speaking to your church in Jesus' name. Thank you. And so I'm going to talk just how I feel um, God's been speaking to me about how to lead um, in the season. And this verse in James chapter 1 verse 19 has really stood out for me. I love the message version. That's kind of where my title has come from. And um, it says in verse 19 of James, post this at all the intersections. Yes, they were posting in Bible times, just differently to we, the way we post. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let your anger straggle along in the rear. Lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, and let your anger be right at the back. Then it says, the righteousness of God doesn't grow from human anger. Isn't it amazing that no matter what you try and do, if you start off with man's anger, there is absolutely no road to God's righteousness from there. Just think about it. Think about what's going on in the world right now. And realize that from man's anger to get to God's righteousness, there's no road. Um, the NLT says, understand. Can you say understand? understand? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen. Can you say listen? listen. And slow to speak. Can you say speak? speak. Uh, three components, if you're married, that you understand. Communication is listening, speaking, and understanding. Communication is not when I've said what I wanted to say. It's when you've understood what I was trying to communicate. Because there can be a problem with my speaking. I could use the wrong words. But you could hear the wrong thing, even if I use the right words. And you could misunderstand what I'm trying to say 
if there's a problem with your listening and my speaking, and the married couples are like, Amen. <laughs> done this earlier. <laughs> and so it's amazing, but I saw this um, headline recently from this guy who's the, the UN chief. He said this, The world is one miscalculation away from nuclear annihilation. But don't worry, the UN's got it. <laughs> we are sorted, don't stress. <laughs> We're fine. One, the world is one misunderstanding, one miscalculation. Like the world is so worked up emotionally at the moment, so fired up, that one miscommunication, one miscalculation, we're all... So don't worry, this is just on the news. I'm just, don't read too much of this. I was just saying, um, the general emotion in the world right now is one of anger and frustration. And the reason for it is because there's a general tiredness and weariness in people. And yet God is calling the church to lead the world in this time. And we have to learn to lead with our ears. It's not a time for us to just be led by our emotions. It's not a time for us just to blurt out whatever we want to blurt out, how we want to say it, when we want to say it, because actually it's a time God's calling the church to, to lead. Is that alright? You're doing alright? I, I was reading um, in the book of Revelation and I, and I saw... In, in the, and I do believe that that speaks to the church in the last days. And I mean... Um, eight times in the book of Revelation it says, Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You see, what you listen to impacts your emotions. And I just want us to be aware. So, so God's been challenging me. So, so are you listening? Are you aware of what God is doing right now? Are you aware of what the devil is doing right now? Are you aware of what the world is doing? Must I not move? Okay, why? I didn't take medication you said this morning. Did you give me my medication? <laughs> and and so what we listen to impacts our emotions and then it's it's important that we're listening to what the Holy Spirit is, is doing so that we know what we should be doing. I also um, read this verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. It says, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. <laughs> How's that? So it's like just when we open our mouth, and I'm talking about game time. I'm not talking just about Sunday. I'm not talking about half time. I'm talking about the game time. You know what I mean? When you're out there. When we speak, imagine, I only speak as if I'm believing this is the very word of God I'm speaking. <laughs> it's a different way of speaking. And then this thing of understanding James chapter 3 verse 13. And I was just saying that's communication. Um, James 3 13, who is wise? I won't say who's the wise man. I'm sure you've heard that joke here a lot, but anyway, I can't resist. Uh, who is wise and who is understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. Deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. You know that understanding has to do with humility. 
Understanding has to do with humility. So, so listening to the Spirit of God, speaking only what you believe would be God's words, and have the humility of understanding where the world and what, what's going on out there. That's how the church is going to communicate the heart of the gospel to a dying world. That's how we're going to lead them. Are you there? And so I've asked these questions and and I'm sure there's lots you could add to it. But for me, I I had to say, okay, God, so what is it that you're doing right now? What are you doing right now? And I do believe that after this crazy season, there are some things that have changed. But this is what I believe God is doing. Three things. Number one, He's building His church. And no matter COVID or lockdown or whatever's happened... He's still building his church. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You can ignore the church. You can put the church down. But Jesus is still building the church. That's what he's committed to. And um, that word build means to construct. To edify. To embolden. And I want you to notice there. That he's not building the church in a vacuum. He's building the church in the face of the powers of hell. And so I can understand certain people have a problem with their church life. It makes sense. Because he's building the church, but the context is the very powers of hell. Is a po- like it's, That's the context in which he's building the church. And then you, you have to ask yourself, well, okay, why is it that Jesus is so interested in the church and the powers of hell is so focused on the church? Have you ever thought about that? Well, I'll tell you, you just got to read the next verse. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. The only entity on the planet that can release the, the, the liberty and the freedom of the kingdom of heaven is the church. It's the only entity that can bring true freedom, liberty, Give the blind their sight, the brokenhearted being healed. And what Jesus has done is he's literally given the keys of that kingdom to, to the bride. So when I give Renal the keys to, my, to the vehicle, she doesn't have to ask my permission to access anything in that vehicle. Yeah. She can get in the vehicle and use it to go wherever she wants to go because she's got the keys of the vehicle you understand so jesus literally says on planet earth i entrust the keys of the kingdom to the church and that's why jesus is so interested in the church and the powers of hell at the same time jesus is still building his church and we understand that that you understand how the kingdom works right Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom. He came to set it in motion. He, he declared the kingdom is at hand. Then he demonstrated the kingdom. Then he, then he initiated the kingdom and he started it. It cannot be undone. It can never, that can never go backwards. It's just going to increase and increase. And if you read Daniel chapter 7, there's a consummation of that kingdom. Where everything opposed to that kingdom will be put down. Every authority, every power, every... But in the meantime, he's entrusted the keys of the kingdom. I want that back, by the way. No, I'm joking. Um, He's entrusted the keys of the kingdom to the church. And he's still building the church. The second thing Jesus, uh, I feel like God is doing is from Haggai chapter 2 verse 7. It says, I will shake all nations. I'm quoting directly from the NIV. I will shake all the nations. I will shake all the nations 
which is something God is doing. Even powerful nations, He's shaking them. And uh, all of these verses, you can find a New Testament version of it. So I'll, I'll quickly read it for you. Hebrews 12, 26. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, this is a promise not many Christians are quoting, and I don't know why. It's yours. It's yes and amen in Jesus. This is your promise. Amen? Come on, get excited. It's the promises. It's your promise. Amen? Wait till you hear the promise. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But now He makes another promise. Here it comes. Not you are too blessed to be stressed. Not you are blessed and it can't be reversed. Here's the promise, I'm just saying. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshipping Him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. You know that word uh, shake there is, um, it's the word, it's the Hebrew, uh, the Greek word reash, which is like rash with ash, I don't know, but it means, it means like to disturb or to topple or to remove. So George, our boy was in a, in a car accident recently, unexpectedly, a drunk guy drove into him and he was shaken. You get it? You're shaken. I, I, I let me share some secrets. I've been baking a little bit lately because someone gave us a Belgium waffle maker. That's all I'm saying. And what you do is to get the, the lumpy parts out when you put in a... What's that thing? You shake it. That's all I know. And it separates things. So what I want you to notice from this scripture is I want you first of all to notice the source of the shaking is God. I want you to notice the extent of the shaking, everything that is visible, nothing is exempt from this shaking. I want you to see the purpose of the shaking is to remove what is temporary and a revealing of what is eternal. It's not because God is angry with the nations. God loves the nations. But He will shake all the nations so that the things that we put our trust in that is temporary will become less and less and less and the eternal kingdom of God will become more and more and more evident. We must, you, you know certain things when they shake and you hold on to it. Yeah, it's bad. So deep, bro. <laughs> the original Greek means it's bad and the word for bad is bad and it's like, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, you folks on the farms and stuff, you know, when that thing is, I don't know, when it's shaking and it's vibrating, it's like a jackhammer. You try and hold on to it, you yourself get shaken. Best is to let go of that thing. And so God is shaking so that the temporary things can be removed and the eternal kingdom of God can begin to arise. And I want you also to notice that response. To the shaking is not fear and anxiety but a reverent worship you know God can just shake a powerful nation like he can just do that 
Everything we see is temporary. The Bible says. What is unseen is eternal. And when God shakes, God can shake a powerful nation like that. And our response is worship. And what an amazing God. Not anxiety and fear like the world. Are you there? You have to, we have to listen and understand what it is that God is doing. He's building His church. He's shaking the nations so that the glory can come into what He is building. And the third thing God is doing then is, is from also Haggai to the Old Testament version. But He's filling what He's building with glory. And uh, <clears throat> you, know, you know this story, right? In Haggai... Where it says, the future glory of this temple will be greater than the past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You've read that before, right? And you know that Haggai is not, he couldn't be prophesying about that current temple because Solomon's temple was much greater than that. So he's referring as a prophetic picture to the New Testament. And you find the New Testament version in, in Corinthians where it talks about the glory of the Spirit being greater than the glory of, of the, the, the law and what was written in the Old Testament. So the temple he's talking about is the temple Jesus is building, which is the church, which you're a living stone of, which means God wants to fill his house with glory. As he's building his church, he's shaking the nations. At the same time, what God wants to do right now is to fill his house with his glory. And I, and I, and I love um, the fact that Mark used this scripture. I'll use it a slightly different, but from Exodus 34, because we have to be clear about what is the glory. Because I believe in the last days, the glory of God will be very clearly differentiated. You will not be able to imitate it. You will not be able to fake it. It'll either you have the glory of God or not. You know, you can't have God's glory without God. You have God, you have His glory. It's intertwined. We can't say, Lord, I want the glory. And so we have to define what the glory of God is. And God defines it for Himself. In Exodus 34, Moses says, show me your glory. And God says, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to take you and I'll put you in a rock and I'll cover you with my hand. And I'm going to pass by you and I'm going to reveal my glory. People can say whatever they want about the glory of God. But can I say what my glory is like? And then God says, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. Slow to anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands. Forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. You see, the, there's no way from the anger of man to the righteousness of God. And there's no way to fake the glory of God. God wants to fill us with His glory again. It'll be indisputable who has God's glory and who doesn't. Am I getting worked up? Sorry, my medication is kicking in. <laughs> I think Mark's medication is kicking in. <laughs> so, see, God takes us. And in Jesus, the rock, we don't observe His glory on the outside. But He fills us from the inside with His character and His glory. And that's what reflects out to the world. What is the devil doing? I do believe 
And then he's doing something. I was putting on your mic. Sorry. You got the same. He'll take it home. <coughs> no, I'll leave it for next time. You know, during COVID, yo, many, many a nights and mornings, I would be walking around outside in the yard saying, Lord, <clears throat> where is the devil attacking? I feel like the battle is changing. Uh, you know, Francis Frangipani talks about the three battlegrounds. The mind, the church, and the uh, heavenly realms. And Martin Luther says, as a soldier, if you're fighting the battle on every front except that exact place where the world and the devil is attacking at that point, you're, you're being a, a useless soldier. He says it much nicer, but basically that's the point. And I was saying, Lord, I feel like something's changing. Where, how do we, I want to listen. I don't want to lead just with my, with my feelings. I don't want to lead just with my mouth, yeah, Lord. And so I felt like God showed me this in Revelation chapter 12. You'll know this very well. I'm just reminding us of these things. It talks about, uh, in verse 12, Revelation 12, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger. Are you connecting some dots here? You see, when Jesus came to the earth, it's because God so loved the world that he came. When the devil came, it is in great anger. And that anger is stirring up the world with the same anger. And despite America's war on terror, I'm telling you, terror and anger are one of his big strategies at the moment. And so, um, you know that, that that portion of Scripture is when Jesus sent out the 72, the, uh, the, the 12, I mean, and He gave them the keys of the kingdom and they went out and they came back and they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject in your name. And He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. It's in the context of Jesus building the church, giving the keys of the kingdom to her, filling her with glory and authority and presence and power, that there is an absolute anger and rage. Released in the kingdom of darkness. Now I say this. Because I don't want to be part of what he's doing. I, I don't want to be joining what he's doing. And so I found like actually. Because this is the spirit of the antichrist. If it's antichrist it's opposite to God. God is slow to anger. The devil is just full of rage. You get it? So I realized there's a couple of things he's doing. Number one, while God is shaking, he's bringing absolute terror to people. Fear and anxiety is rife like never before in our world. I think he is draining people's emotions, <coughs> bringing, wearing down their patience, Causing suffering, trauma and pain and injustice to heighten the levels of frustration. To bring hurt and offense. And I'm sure your stories are worse than mine. Using terror and fear to heighten people's stress levels. Bring great amounts of change in a short period of time to disorientate people. And create instability and insecurity. 
isolating people through incredible pressure. You know, like when Pharaoh was just pressing down, there was no time to think about what's going on. That's just frustrating. It's just draining. It's just tiring. It's just, um, I'm done. And the emotions are just coming up. That's not shaking. That's different to what God is doing. God shakes so I can let go of the temporary so that the eternal can come. He's causing absolute chaos and terror while this is happening. And then what I, uh, generally the world is becoming more of an angry place. Just post one or two wrong things on the internet. I dare you. You'll be cancelled. Have you realized? The world is slowly just becoming a more angry place. You're either with me or you're against me. You're either left or you're right. You're either this or you're that. I'm labeling you. There's nothing. It's, it's like that. And then what I found, I found the devil doing is, it's, it's, it's hard not to get swept up with this. I found that he's then misdirecting that anger. And we're seeing it in our municipalities. We're seeing it in our, uh, our, our communities. We're seeing it in politics. We're seeing it in countries where that same anger and frustration is somehow channeled to the person not even responsible for that. It's just my outlet for anger. And can I say the sad part is sometimes the church and marriages, marriages can be one miscalculation away from nuclear annihilation. One wrong step, one wrong word, one wrong sentence. All the anger misdirected, yes, but suddenly channeled your way. We have to lead the world. I'm just telling you what the devil's doing. I don't like talking about this guy. He's a rubbish. I'm telling you. But the only reason I mention, even mention him is because I don't want to be part of what he's doing. You get it? I want to lead. When I'm out there, especially in the world that's getting swept up with this stuff, I want to say, I want to lead with my ears, Lord. And then my words can follow up and get that emotions and anger, get it in the back. I also feel like he's um, using that misdirection to divide families, marriages, churches, governments. We have a more divided world on my phone, than ever. And no matter how strong your nation is, no matter how strong your church is, no matter how strong your family is, he knows that Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. You diminish your strength when you're divided. I mean, what is the world doing? I'm just saying we need to lead with our ears. We need to hear what God is saying. We need to listen to what the Holy Spirit is doing so we know what we should be doing. I know what I shouldn't be doing. <clears throat> Well, Timothy, Second uh, Timothy, three verse two. What time do you guys go surf, cut surfing and stuff? It's too windy. It's too windy. It's too windy. Okay. <coughs> Second Timothy, three verse two. For people will love only themselves and their money. In a in a world where God is shaking. <laughs> And anger is misdirected and there's instability and insecurity and pressure and isolation. I'll tell you what people do. They first go, I've got to preserve myself and my money. And it's strange when you read this, 
You read further on in those verses, it says, he has the characteristics, and I just want to explain this because I'm, 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 I'm telling you as time goes on, there'll be a clear distinction between God's glory and what's not God's glory. And you're not going to be able to fake this. You're going to have to have God to have God's glory, and the world is just going to get worse. And so it says here, when you love yourself and your money, you become actually more ungrateful, more unloving, and more unforgiving. How's that? God is slow to anger, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. When you love yourself and you love your money, and you give in to the terror and the fear and the anger of man, basically, that's where it goes. So what should we be doing? Well, maybe today you need to make a decision as to what you're going to listen to. Maybe the, the people of God need to readjust our ears to heaven. There's a lot of information. <laughs> There's a lot we better be hearing what the Spirit is saying. And then I feel like we need to build what God's building. If what He's doing is building the church, surely that's important right now. As important as everything else in the world is, if Jesus is building His church, then surely I should be building with Jesus. Surely I should allow Him to shake some things out of me. And not keep holding on to the things he's trying to shake out of me that are actually temporary. And thirdly, I believe that the church, we need to learn again how to allow God to fill us with his glory. Because you know, God can't fill us if we're already full of stuff. And so quickly, what does that mean? As I land, I bring this to a close. I, I feel like the church needs to lead with her ears. Not our emotions, not just blurting off what we think, but ears towards heaven. What is God saying? And God is saying, I'm building my church. God is saying, I'm shaking the nations. And God is saying, I want to fill my house with glory again. Therefore, I adjust my life and I say, Lord, I make it priority. What you're building, I'm going to build. What you're shaking, I'm going to let go. And I'm going to open my heart again for you to come and fill me. If I'm a stone, not a flint stone, if I'm a living stone, then how I take care of this here makes a difference to what God can build. You know, God gave us a prophetic word many, many years ago. And it went something like this. It went like, you keep building with stones and then you build on top of them and they don't fit in, then they're wrong shapes and then everything keeps falling down. And what God's going to do is He's going to take those stones and put them out of your reach. And you know what I did? I was like, oh my goodness, I hope I'm a stone God can build with. I hope that when God puts me in the place He decides for me that whatever He builds on top of me or next to me, I'm not like knocking this stone down and then like everything on top of me comes falling down when I'm like I, I began to say what kind of a stone am I and you know you're not your own right yeah uh, this might be news for you but you mean 
You've been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, not I say you're not your own. Jesus said you're not your own. You belong to Him. It says there in, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you, whom you've received from God, you're not your own. So take care of yourself. Not in a selfish way, but mind, body, spirit, emotions, you are responsible, sir, ma'am. And you know that when my body is tired, when I'm praying, it doesn't make my body better. You know that, right? For my body to be healthy, I have to exercise it. I can't pray. Same way I can't eat and think I'm doing something spiritual. I'm just saying, you can't cast out calories <laughs> in Jesus' name. I mean, for what I'm about to eat, Lord, cast out that. No, no. My body, my emotions, my mind, my spirit, all part of how God created us. I'm telling you, we have to look after ourselves. Lead yourself well. Get some rhythms in place. Get some disciplines in place. Some of the things Mark has been preaching in your family life, in your marriage, etc. You know, get, do some planning, even with your money, etc., etc., your time. You're responsible. If we're building God's pattern, <clears throat> then how I speak actually matters. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15.1 Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always. 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 Full of grace. From Monday to Sunday, when you speak, always full of grace. Even when you are saying something that's not nice, your conversation should always be full of grace. Let's not give in to this anyway. We, we've got to get better at this if we're going to lead the world in a time like this. When anger is turned up and the heat is turned up and everyone's just myself and my money. We've we got to, we, surely we are called for a time like this to be the people of God. That's a light to the nations. Surely. Not just our meetings on a Sunday, every single day. Uh, learn to deal with conflict and I, I, I know this, these elders here can help you Ephesians 4.26 don't sin by letting your anger control you he has the same theme if you see it you find out that God's glory is revealed in his slowness to anger you can miss it because we can talk about the glory of God it's like what gives me goosebumps and all that no the glory of God is revealed in his slowness to anger Part of it. Yep. So don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Uh, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. You want the demonic to get access. Actually, man's anger never leads to God's righteousness. But I tell you where it does lead. Foothold for the enemy. Connect yourself. Not to the internet. You've got to be part of, of a community of people. 
The devil wants to isolate you over a time like this. Make it a priority. Make sure you live healed. You know what that means? Uh, two young guys married two young people. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> two young people that we married recently. And I said to them, they're not very churched, but I said to them, you know, good marriage is two good forgivers. Just two very good forgivers. You have to learn to forgive and live healed. Dudley used to say, you know, you've got 30 seconds. Feel hurt, feel disappointed, but you know what? We have a mission. <laughs> there is a king in his kingdom wanting to come through the church into the world. You've got your 30 seconds now. Get healed, forgive. Ask God to heal you. I think we've got less than 30 seconds now. It's more urgent. Amen? Let's be good forgivers. It's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. Uh, Proverbs 19.11 Your glory is seen in your ability to overlook your offense. These days, the angrier, the more aggressive, the more volatile, it seems like that's being praised by the world. Build with Jesus. Let these things be shaken out of us. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. I love the way it puts it. It just says, get, get rid of all bitterness. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's like, just get rid of it. There's no profound, deep things there. Thingies like, you know, when we preachers have that. Ooh, it's just get rid of it. Just don't hold on to it. Just let it be shaken out of you. God is shaking the nations. You hold on to your bitterness. You're going to get shaken. Let it go. You know, God helped me a lot in these things because I've been in church for many years. Church is a loving, gracious, beautiful place where everybody just wants the best for you, right? <laughs> You cannot afford this. Have to. Have to let it go. Amen. What about dishonor? Do you know that if I treat my wife with dishonor, no matter how much I pray, God won't answer that prayer. I've got to allow the dishonor to get sorted before God will answer my prayer. So even if I pray, Lord, the nations, missions, Jesus, the gospel, and I'm dishonoring my wife. It's the same when you dishonor his wife, by the way, even more so. Just get it shaken out of us. Uh, the scripture is there, 1 Peter chapter 3, 7. Okay, I'm just going to move on. The last thing. <clears throat> so, three things we should do because it's three things God's doing. He's building His church. I should build with Him. How do I build with Him? I look after myself. I make sure I'm building the pattern that He's got in the Scriptures for my life. Got that? Secondly, I let Him shake the things out of me that He needs to shake out of me. I don't hold on to them. But thirdly, I think uh, we need to learn how to receive from God again. Okay. And... Uh, you know, we were in a local church recently and one of the things that happened with COVID is we, we weren't ministering to people because we spit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we didn't lay hands on, we didn't come close to, we didn't like you just stay there. 
But I realized something in this local church. The pastor came up to me afterwards, the, the guy leading, and he said, you know what, we haven't, we haven't done ministry for a long time. We've kind of forgotten how to just receive from God. And I realized in my own life, I've been a bit like that. And so there were some things I had to relearn and allow God to fill me again. One of them is I needed to learn how to be still again. Often I'm wanting to receive from God, but I'm like, my mind is racing. And I'm hearing other voices. I don't know if you have that, but it's, I think it's normal, right? <laughs> you have an, other voices in your head, not like bad way. Just, you just always, your mind is racing. And I'm guessing even right now, you're thinking, what needs to happen after this? What about home? What about the kids? What about this? What about that? What about that? I had to learn again, Psalm 46 verse 10, how to be still. Just, shh. Not asking, not telling. I'm not prescribing. I'm not, I'm just, shh. Be still and know. That I am God. I had to shut off some other voices. Is the, um, someone help me on the keyboard, please. Thank you. Dave or someone. I don't know. Are you, are you okay for us to do that? <laughs> Thank you. That's reassuring. <laughs> just for a moment, can you just forget about them? And just quiet everything in your mind, everything in your heart, everything. Just shh. He wants to fill His church with His glory. You cannot separate His glory from Him. So I'm not talking about some experience. I'm talking about God Himself positioning Himself in the hearts of His people again. One of the other things I learned I needed to do and practice again is waiting. Mark mentioned it this morning. I realized I, I wanted to do. Lord, what do you want me to do? What must I say? What must I preach? What must I pray? What must I do? And God said, you need to wait. Mark, I said it, I don't know how, how many times this morning, twice, or he mentioned two, three of those times. You know, waiting is because you're expecting to hear something. There's expectation. So it's quiet, but it's leaning into Him. That's how He fills us. And you can feel it in the room even right now, even right now. God is reaching out to you when you're quiet in your voices. God's reaching out to you when you're, when you're waiting for Him right now. You're expecting Him. You're not the initiator here, just for a moment. You don't, know, you, don't, you don't have to be the parent. You don't have to be the initiator. You don't have to be the husband. You don't have to be the leader. He, he, he is here. 
He wants to reveal His glory. He wants to not just reveal His glory, Old Testament. He wants to fill His house with glory. We're just going to wait for Him. Just lean into Him. All the anger, all the frustration, all the terror, all the, the, the anger, all of that. When you just quiet, just wait. Our job as Ephesians 4 Ministries is to equip you to do the work. I'm telling you, trying harder is not going to cut it. In this season, just pushing, trying in our own strength is not going to cut it because the world is a, is a different place here. We're going to have to lean into Him and lead with our ears. The other thing I had to learn again is God began to say, boy, I just, I just want to fill you. I just, I want to fill you. That word fill, it means replenish. It means occupy all the space. It means refresh. I learned that I, I, I hadn't been so good at yielding. <laughs> I hadn't been so good at surrendering. I hadn't been so good at, I like to hold things close. But you see, when we, when we allow Him to fill us, we don't resist Him. So even right now, it's like sometimes you're in His presence and you Lord, I let you so much and then I'm going to just, I let you in that space. God wants to fill. God wants to fill. If He wants to fill, I've got to surrender. I've got to yield. I've got to give up. I've got to, I've got to let go control. I've got to let go my, my own position and yield to Him. And then I had to learn how to open my heart to Him again. You know, it's amazing what Tyrant says. He says in, in the book of Revelation, Jesus opens doors that no one can shut. And he shuts doors that no one can open. But when it comes to the door of your heart, he stands and he knocks. He can open any door. He can shut any door. But your heart's door, he waits for you to open. And I learned that, Lord, I need to let you in again. I need to heal again. I need to wait again. I need to just be still. Can we do that for a moment? I'm, I'm asking you, if he's ministering to you, just stand up where you are and allow him to do it. We're just going to give him that time. If he's, if he's filling you, if he's shaking things from you, and if he's calling you again to what he's building, would you stand right now? I'm standing. Give him a moment. Have his way.